Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Snowplay. Written by Betty Adams. So it turns out that while I was gone, my kid sister saved up her money from sitting and bought me a sweet snowboard. Human friend Jameson said, his voice full of eagerness. Human friend Jameson was leaning over the cafeteria table eagerly, seemingly heedless of our food on his tray, and he gestured at his friend with his fork. The other human seemed completely nonplussed by this, despite the seven inches of carbon-infused steel being quite capable of being a deadly weapon in the hands of Jameson. Indeed, Kuxatakal had once seen his friend slay a decently-sized predator with a similar implement. Kuxatakal shifted his six limbs that he was currently ambulating on in the direction of Jameson and his audience. A tray identical to the ones in front of the humans was suspended lightly between his two foremost legs, and on top of it was balanced his usual liquid nutrients along with a packet of human delicacy known as flavored gelatin. The cafeteria had produced a new flavor today, and Kixatackle was eager to try it out. What better condition than with a human friend Jameson, who was also selected a much larger portion of the food. Hey, Kix, have a seat. Jameson greeted him before resuming his presentation to his friends. Thank you, human friend Jameson. Kixatackle replied as he set his tray to the left of Jameson's, giving the human maneuvering room. Anyway, Jameson continued, she wants to take me out to Mount Pecula as soon as I am out of the quarantine, and Mom says that I should bring friends. Any takers? There was the usual chorus of disappointed refusals, most of which seemed to center on the fact that the majority of the Marines around him also had plans with their families during their time frame. Two, however, assured Jameson that they were eager to accompany him on his excursion, and they confirmed dates and times of meetings. A few dispersed and kicks a tackle, finished his nutrients. Human friend Jameson, he greeted his companion with who's now eagerly spooning the gelatin into his mouth. Do you find the new flavor pleasant? It's okay, Jameson said, dipping his shoulders in a way that indicated either lack of knowledge or strong emotion. One kind is pretty much like another. I would have to disagree, kicks a tackle, ejected. I much prefer the blue flavor. Well, maybe you can get someone to leave, Jameson offered. Perhaps, Kixatackle considered his next words carefully. You have something similar in the Mount Petula, the place you spoke of. I think so, Jameson said. Why do you ask? Oh, Kixatackle prided himself in his ability to read the incredibly flexible human face and noted precisely when Jameson divined his meaning. Do you not wish for me to come? Kixatackle asked. Please remember, we have pledged honesty to each other. No, no, Jameson hurriedly assured him. I would love for you to come. It is just that the facilities are not set up for you yet, and the climate is fairly extreme. Kicks a tackle, tilted his body to the side curiously as Jameson activated his wrist-mounted hollow projector that all the humans wore. 
The skin on his wrist lit up, reversed with a blindingly reflective surface, and Maid kicks a tackle flinch back and then switched to the rather cozy-looking interior that indeed was fitted for the massive bodies of humans, and not for their own smaller frame. What is the climate? he asked, shuddering at the image of the white crystal ground cover. Well, there is this week's weather data, Jamison said, scrolling through new more pages. Kixatackle stared blankly at the display for a moment before turning fully to Jameson's face. There must be some mistake in that data, Kixatackle said firmly. Otherwise, you're telling me that you are knowingly exposing your beloved nestmate to prolonged temperatures below the freezing point of water. Jameson laughed. She loves it, bud. You should see her pull the half-pipe. End of story. Story number two, Humans Are Weird, The Witching Hour, written by Betty Adams. One of the humans is missing. Sub-Commander Christ let out a hiss of annoyance and curled closer to his sleeping partner. If he could just ignore the voice long enough. Sub-Commander, the voice pressed, one of the humans is missing. Christ gave a low grumble. His traitorous sleep fella rolled away from him and kicked lazily at his thigh. The sleep curled talons exposed no danger to his skin, but it would still leave some bruises if he didn't move. He stretched and slipped out from under the thermocover. He resolutely ignored whoever had woken him as he stomped over to the shelf that held his torga juice. He flipped the lid off with a lower jaw and shoved the muzzle into the sweet liquid. He took a few blessed moments to swirl the fluid around his teeth. He felt the rear tooth shift and made a mental note to make a dental appointment. He finally took a deep breath, swallowed, and rotated his body to glare at his commander. What do you mean that one of the humans is missing? Grist demanded. Commander Pulp shifted on his paws uneasily and glanced sideways as if he was watching the actual question hovering between them. Why did Pop think that this issue was Grisk's problem when it was very clearly his off-shift? Grisk fought back a groan. Pop was new, as in arrived four days ago with no prior human experience and forty years of command experience new. He was trying not to be a complete rich skull, at least. Grimes was last registered by the censors in his sleeping situation over an hour ago. Pulp informed him. I grew worried as it was his sleep time and followed his scent track to the airlock. Did you ask the other humans? Grist asked, rubbing a paw over his eyes in an attempt to loosen his scales. I did, Pulp said, then gave a long sigh. The answer made no sense. What did I say? Grist asked. He always gets twitchy during the witching hour, Pulp replied, raising his nasal ridges to indicate a direct quote. Witching? Grist ran the word over his teeth as they ambled out of the room and into the hallway. Pulp was looking at him hopefully, but Grist bobbed his snout in confusion. Pulp's eyes dimmed in disappointment. Never heard the word, Grist said. Pulp stared at him pleadingly. I'll take care of it, Grist said with a glum sigh. Pulp hummed in gratitude and scuttled back to the command center. Grist sighed as he headed for the airlocks. Humans were never hard to track. While the healthy human didn't necessarily smell bad, they certainly smelled strong. They left a trail of volatile chemicals behind them and might as well have been detailed coordinated map. Still, Grist paused at the edge of the airlock. He could already feel the cold seeping into his paws. He hunched over his shoulders and stalked out into the cold. 
The planet was in a deep night cycle. Stars gleamed overhead and the cold air trapped the scents of the sparse forest close to the ground. Grist hurried over the cold stones, calculating that he had perhaps an hour before he dropped below functional body warmth. Fortunately, Grimes wasn't far from the base. Grist paused and the crest and a small knoll and the human was on to take in the scene. Grimes was wearing only a loose set of pants, leaving his heat signature free to glare at out in the trees around him. He was pacing back and forth across the rocky surface, leaving trails of after-images in the air and a line after line on fading heat prints on the rock. Grist took in the moment to admire the glowing view and wonder one raw amount of heat emitted by the mammal. Grimes, he barked out. Grimes jerked to a stop and his head swiveled comically as he tried to locate the sound. Grist knew that the exact moment the human spotted him as the human jumped and gave a yelp of fear. Grist grinned widely. It was petty, he knew, but being able to terrify the massive hotbloods even for a few moments was pretty good to his ego. The human worked his narrow jaw like he was trying to speak, but nothing came out. Whatever this behavior is, it is freaking out the new commander, Grist snapped. He declined to mention that the wild flares in the human thermo-aura and the frantic set on his face were freaking him out too. Get back to your sleeping situation and explain whatever the switching hour is to the commander pulp as soon as it warms up today. Grist whipped his tail around and stomped down the slope in what had hoped the human saw as a dignified manner. End of story. Story number three. Humans are weird. Forgetfulness. Written by Betty Adams. Hey, Twitch buddy. Private Jones called out from the next room. Salutation interrupted by a yawn. Yes, friend Jones. responded without altering his posture. His secondary legs were tapping lightly across the bottom of his abdomen, triggering the keyboard that was projected there. He might have used the data processing station in the center of the large communal room, but that would require running around the edge of the human-sized space. The pathways that the humans had built into the walls were very useful, to be sure. However, Kult was tired, and after a long day of observing the base commander engaged in hunting and had much data to process, he'd rather prefer to use his personal device and stay right in the here, the comfy hammock that had been made with his comfort in mind, thanks you very much. Do you by any chance remember why I came in here for? Jones asked. Kult paused his composition of his observations and slowly turned to face the door that Jones had stepped through. He tried to pass the words. By chance, indicated that the human thought that the likelihood of that answer would be positive was low. Gulched mild hard over what the rest of the question could mean. Why do you think that I would know what your intentions were by leaving the room? Gulched asked. Um, John said, maybe I said something to you? You did not, Gulched said slowly, but that is the room that houses the foodstuffs. Perhaps you were hungry and wished to procure food. It's always about food with you, the human said with some amusement in his voice. Oh, right, boot grease. Thanks, buddy. Quilched stared at blankly at the door as Jones came back clutching a canister of boot grease and proceeded to get the task of cleaning and waterproofing his foot coverings. Quilched thought to ask why Jones had thanked him when his suggestion had been fruitless, but the question of how the human had forgotten his attentions between the couch and the door seemed both more pressing and less polite. 
Finally, Kolsch shrugged and turned back to his report, making a high-priority note to pursue this further. Such a sensitive topic as flaws in mental functions might need something more than the way of diplomacy that a mere nutritional anthropologist could offer. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.